Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. Well, we've just come out of the season of giving, haven't we? But you know, we really practice a lifestyle of giving in our culture. Because we give gifts all the time. We give gifts at Christmas, there's a lot of emphasis on that. But we give gifts, well, Valentine's Day is coming up, isn't it? And then, well, we've got Father's Day, we've got Mother's Day. We will probably know some young people who are graduating uh, from either high school or college come May and June. Perhaps there are special occasions, weddings, baby showers, other things in which the custom is to give a gift. That's a good custom. I like that custom. I think it's a reminder of what God is about and that is giving. I remember when our oldest child, our older daughter, Alyssa, who is now 33 years old, I can't believe that, But when she was little, maybe, I think she was in kindergarten, maybe five, her school, like a lot of other schools do, is they had a place where you could go and buy a gift for family members, you know, a little pixie shop or something, what they called it, you know, and so we gave Alyssa money to go to the shop and everything, and so she got presents for us, and I remember on Christmas morning, the present I opened from her was a little child's ring that she had given to me. But not only was it a child's ring, it was clearly meant for a female. And so what did Dad do that Christmas day? I put it on my little finger and I wore it around. (laughs) Thankful, because a reminder to me, by the way, I still have that ring in my study at home, and when I see it, It's a reminder to me that what really makes gifts special, it's not the gift. It's the giver. And God is a good giver. And God gives gifts throughout the Bible from beginning. The gift of creation, the gift of all that is, the gift gift of our lives, the gift of others, of family and friends and community. The gift of of having a purpose. The gift of being able to bear witness to what God has done for Jesus in Jesus Christ and that which is the greatest gift of all, Jesus himself. It is not an accident that the Bible from beginning to end, one of the big themes is gifts and giving. In our 
epistle reading today from 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about giving. He talks about gifts. Because, you see, God has given us the gift of Jesus Christ, and then God gives to us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us in this time, to guide us and direct us and lead us. And God still gives gifts. He gives each and every one of us gifts, varying gifts, that we are to use for the glory of God. And Paul wants to talk about the diversity of gifts because one of the big problems in the church of Corinth is real clear is that they lack unity. And how interesting it is that Paul wants to make the point that it's actually their diversity that should lead to unity. It's the diversity of their gifts. It's the differences that bring us together in one spirit. Corinth, I guess if you could pick out a city in ancient Rome in the first century and label it as Sin City, it'd be Corinth. I have often compared Corinth to um, Las Vegas, Amsterdam, and South Florida on spring break, all wrapped into one. It's a happening place. It's a port town. In the first century, if you wanted to refer to somebody as, a, as immoral, you would call them a Corinthian. To play the Corinthian. Boy, how do you like... How's that, how's that for a great reputation for your city? And a lot of that had seeped itself into the church of Corinth. And so Paul writes to address a lot of things. We know the Corinthians have been writing to him because one of the things he says in his letters is, now about the matter you asked here, about this, about that. So they're, they're writing to him for, some, for his instructions. And so mail is going back and forth. And so Paul writes to address a lot of issues, but the key problem they have that has led to all of, the, all of the, the, the hoopla in the church of Corinth is their lack of unity. And that's what Paul wants to focus on. And so he, one of the things that we think is going on is that there's a real competition happening in Corinth. Church members are actually competing. They're competing by who baptized them. Paul writes and says, so some of you say, well, I was baptized by Apollo, or, or I was baptized by Paul, or I was baptized. And Paul says, really? It isn't, it isn't important. Who did the baptism? What's important is you've been baptized into one body. The focus is not on the person doing the baptism, but the baptism itself. And then there were people who apparently felt that they had attained a higher level of spirituality than everyone else, and they were walking around acting like it. And Paul sarcastically refers to them as these so-called super-Christians. They're also, it seems, competing about spiritual gifts, that they're ranking them. And they're saying things like, well, you know, I speak in tongues and you don't. Or I have, I, I have the gift of 
preaching and you don't. And so instead of seeing all these diverse gifts as equally important, building up the one body of Christ, it's tearing them apart because they're pitting their gifts against each other. And Paul writes to the Corinthians to tell them, as the Geico commercial used to say, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It's not a competition. You don't rank the gifts. It's not about who baptized you. It's about what God has done in Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit, and now that Spirit has imparted these gifts to each and every one of you to be discharged faithfully and equally for what? The unity of the body, the upbuilding of the body. And so Paul lists several gifts. I, I don't think this is an exhaustive list of gifts. I think there's other gifts, but I think Paul is listing the ones that are coming to his mind. And so Paul writes to the Corinthians that what they should be doing is being appreciative of the gifts. By the way, the Spirit gives the gifts, right? This is an important point. The Spirit gives the gifts. We don't have to lobby for the gifts. We don't have to go to prayer and say, God, I wish for this gift instead of that gift. No. The Spirit gives the gifts. My Christian friends in the Methodist Church in Cuba say, they like to say, and I love this, the Spirit will do what the Spirit will do. <laughs> the Spirit will give what the Spirit will give. It's not up to us to decide what gift I should have or what gift you should have. The Spirit makes that decision. The Spirit decides what gifts that we have been given for the glory of the gospel. And that all the gifts are equally important. Paul's going to go off into this body of Christ imagery, the different parts, as we read in the next couple, three weeks in 1 Corinthians. But we should never, ever rank certain gifts as being more important. All gifts are given by the Spirit, all are to be equally embraced in the service of the church. And I am thankful, let me say one thing, I'm thankful for the diversity of gifts in the church. I am thankful for those of you who have gifts and talents and expertise in areas where I don't. And I think it's wonderful you know, when sometimes we staff, we talk about something that needs done or something, and we think, well, we know who would be the perfect person. <laughs> These are gifts that God gives for the building of the body. Because no one person can be all, and no one person can do it all. And so we need each other. And so when the body works together, when we all exercise the gifts that God has given to us in the various ways that they can be exercised, the church is built up. And a church that is built up will be a positive influence in its community. And so one of the things, let me say one other thing in reference to that, not just about the Corinthians and the competition in their own congregations, 
But one of the issues we in the 21st century West have, the church, is competition between congregations. I think I've talked about this before. Every church wants the same thing. Every church has to have all the same ministries. And so we really view the competition as the church across the way or the church over here. I, I was in a previous church. I won't name where, which church. I was in a previous church where there was a church two blocks down, but they, when I first got there, they kept calling that church the competition. And after hearing it about three times in a board meeting, I finally said, no more. They're not the competition. They're, they, they've got the same mission we do. They've got the same Lord we do. We're not competing. I remember listening years ago in person uh, to a pastor, Methodist pastor, John Ed Matheson, who is now retired from ministry, but he pastored a very large church in Alabama, and they had their own radio, st radio and TV station. I might have told this story before. I'll tell it again. They had their very own radio and TV station, and one of the things they would do with that is they would give all the local churches there in Montgomery free advertising. So if you wanted to come and do a commercial about your spaghetti dinner, you could come do it. If you wanted to come and do, do, have an ad for, you know, our youth group is, is having a retreat this next weekend at camp, whatever, they would do it. And he was being interviewed by a reporter, a local reporter, about their church and ministry, and he was telling her this, and she got this strange look on her face, her face and she said, well, well, aren't they the competition? And he said, no, they're not the competition. Our competition is not the other churches. Our competition are the principalities and powers that would undo God's mission if they could. And so one of the things we must hear with Paul, particularly now in the 21st century here, as we know what's going on with the church and decline and all the other changes that are happening, and as I've said, some of these our trends are so large there's nothing we can do about them, other things, we can do something about them if we're willing to, to, to do something and act in a certain way. But we need not to think that the other church, whatever other church it may be, or the other churches, are somehow competing with us. Because when we view it that way, it means we've lost the sense that all of us have the same mission for the world. And in, on any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, if just 30%, let me say this, just 30%, if just 30% of the population of Ashland attended church, every church would be full. 30%. Every church will be full. So what we need to do is ask, not what the other church is doing or what the other church is getting, but are asking, how are we in mission? How are we exercising our diverse gifts as one body for the building up of the body so that those outside will look and say, I think I need to check out what's going on over there. I'm so thankful, as I've said, not only for this church and for the diversity of gifts we have in this place, I'm thankful for the other churches who also have gifts that they exercise. I'm thankful for my pastoral colleagues in this town, many of whom I've gotten to know 
and who I just deeply admire and respect. We're in this together. So let's take all the diversity that God has given to us and work together for the unity of one mission. The mission that's been given to every single church in this world. Make disciples of all nations. That's the task. And God has given us the one spirit that it may be accomplished. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for just the differences that make it possible for us to to be in mission in a complete way. Thank you for those blessings. Thank you for the blessing of the one spirit. Thank you for the one gift of baptism. For the one gift of the Lord's table where we can come. Thank you for the gifts that you give to us. And may we, as we reflect the divine image that that is in each and every one of us, may we reflect the divine image in offering our gifts to those around us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.